Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Look out! It's only films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein. I am a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a Polaroid photo, and I love films. As Albert Schweitzer once said, ethics is reverence for life. And Monos is an award-winning film made by Alejandro Landes. Hitting us with all the facts there, Albert. Every week I invite a special guest over, I tell them they've died, then I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Jamila Jamil, Ricky Gervais and January Jones. This week, my very special guest is child actor and adult actor Matthew Shively. If you do enjoy the show and you want to support it and get more content, come and join me over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. You'll get extra guest questions, videos, guest list tickets, recommendations, all sorts of stuff and a whole community. This week, there's a really great 15 minutes extra with Matt about beginnings and endings and films that changed his life. And it's very revealing and you don't want to miss it. Come and get the whole thing ad-free over at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. Also, if you go to podcastmerch.co.uk forward slash films to be buried with, you can, like my own mother, wear your own hoodie, cap, baby bib, t-shirt or any other clothing you wish with such slogans on as Do you worry about death? Oh, I've forgotten to tell you something. And of course, troubling boners, worrying wide-ons. Have a look over at podcastmerch.co.uk forward slash films to be buried with. So... Here we bloody go. I was in a pilot with Matthew Shively a few years ago, and he was a brilliant actor who was very funny and lovely, and I've been excited to get him on the show for a while. We recorded this earlier in the year at his place in Los Angeles, and it's a cracker. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 68 of Films to be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. My name is Brett Goldstein and I'm joined, I say I'm joined, I'm in his house. I am joining a Nickelodeon star, a rocket man, a fantastic comic actor, but he also has the dramatic chops. Please, he's one and also a real McCoy and a real man. Please welcome to the show, Matthew Shively. Oh, thank you. I'm going to carry you around wherever I go. <laughs> yes. You're it's saying I have good dramatic chops. You don't even know, but you sound you sound. I've seen them. I've seen you do a little bit, a little a little. I thing. guess we had a... You were standing up on a bridge when we did that, though. Yeah, but from there, <laughs> the power of it. 
Sean for Solo Quest. Now, Matthew and I know each other. We did a, a pilot together, uh, a Bill Lawrence pilot. Uh, which but you guys might still see someday, maybe. Maybe. Maybe we'll I mean, leak it. <laughs> I, to this day, find it one of the saddest indictments of the industry. I don't know why that show did not get picked up. It was so good. Well, and it didn't help that the the everybody felt like they were like, oh yeah, we're coming, but this is 100%. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard people more sure of the fact that this was going Everyone go. said on last day, we'll see you, see you first day. Yeah. yeah. See you in two weeks. We'll see you up front. Yeah. two weeks. And it was like, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started packing up my stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And then the twist in the heart of, no, never mind. Yeah. Stay home. Why? I mean, what a business. Pilot season. What a business. Now, um, thank you for having me in your house. We are in LA. Uh, You've got a lovely place. We're in Studio City. We're in Studio City. You're sitting in my roommate's recording studio that he never uses. It's a really fancy recording and he doesn't use it. No, but it, it's a good thing. It's the first thing you see when you walk in the door. So it looks like we're all musicians. There's like 12 guitars yeah. and speakers and stuff. So it looks like we're talented in, in multiple places, come. but we're not. <laughs> he, he plays a lot of video games in his room, and he comes out here uh, once a month, maybe, and does some stuff. Incredible. Now tell me this. I don't know you. You. Uh, I don't know your early career because I'm from England. But you were a Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah, star? Nickelodeon was superstar. Superstar. Sorry, <laughs> sorry that's what we call no, it. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was. How old were you when you started doing that? I was 18. So I lucked out a lot mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, that whole situation because I had been acting since I was like 14 or 15, but never really booked anything. And then, uh, a, like a week and a half before I graduated high school. Yeah. Had no plans of going to college, which meant I was going to go to like a community college. And where was it? Where did you? Where did Covina, you go? which is like thirty minutes east of LA. Okay. So um, I moved a lot as a child, but the last like eight years I spent in Covina, and that's where I went to high school and stuff. But I booked a Nickelodeon show, and it got picked up a week before I graduated. So I oh, moved. Wow. I moved out on my eighteenth birthday, which was in September, and it was a week after we started shooting the first season. And I thought, well, I want to be like the actor yeah. lifestyle. So I got a studio apartment in uh, Koreatown, which to this day is still – it's my second worst decision because <laughs> it ended up having mold and asbestos. I ended up getting mm. really sick and was having to get like B12 shots in my ass every week at work. Right. And of course I'm 18 and they think that I'm like on drugs and stuff. I'm oh, like, no, right. I'm just really sick because I'd show up to work just like dead. I'm just in a terrible Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. And so I finally moved. So I moved across the street from a strip club mm. on uh, La Brea and Sunset. That was the worst decision. Uh, which one? <laughs> Seventh Veil. Oh yeah, I've seen it. It's yeah. right on, on La Brea and Sunset. It's got like silhouetted uh, neon. Don't they all, they dark. all have silhouette. Yeah, they never show the full person. No, no. <laughs> Always you, gotta go, you gotta go in indoors yeah, for that very one. Very clever. Yeah, so that that was uh, yeah. Ended that up was worse. Why worse? Um, because I just Hollywood is too much. I don't yeah. like I don't like being that in the center of the city because it's not like New York where you can just walk places. It, yeah, it's yeah. just it's dangerous. I mean, it's really dangerous. And so then I found the valley, which is just on the other side of the hill, and I was like, oh, this is exactly. Where I want to be. So you're so years. you're living the dream as you're an eighteen year old eighteen yeah. year old man. You've gone to Hollywood, yeah, and you've got uh, mold in your bum. And, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, okay. Okay. No, I got I got very very uh, lucky, and then I got mold and asbestos poisoning, <laughs> and that wasn't lucky. But um, wow. everything else was good. Yeah. I was essentially like paying my friends that lived in Covina to be out because I was uh, very socially awkward and didn't 
want to like meet new people, including mm-hmm. the people I was working with. Oh, wow. So I was like too afraid to do that. So I would like m- make my friends stay with me for like weeks on end. Oh, oh, like, well, I'll get your dinners and I'll get your lunches. It'll be fine. Uh, oh, shit. So, so lonely. <laughs> right. It's a lonely place. This it is, is. A sad. This is going to be a it sad is. hour of, That's of fine. podcast. People love that one. People like the crying ones. Mm-hmm. Either you cry or they cry. It's fine. That's perfect. But yeah, so being a Nickelodeon person is that... Uh, it was three years, was it? You did that show? Yeah, I did it for three years. And it's a, a multi-cam. It was a multi-cam. It was good. I mean, it taught me a lot. I, I like, I, 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 we had network writers because it, it happened during the writing, the writer strike of oh, 2007 right. yeah, yeah. or eight or whatever. And so all of our writers, including like the creator, were all from like Just Shoot Me and Frasier and oh, wow. Jag and all these different shows. So it was like they were writing for a kids show, but it was network right. So we also had like crazy guest stars all the time. Like we had uh, literally, I, I look at the list of the people who guest starred on the show, and it makes no sense that we like got them because it's just, just it's just ridiculous. It was a kids show. Um, were you in? Uh, I always wonder about that when you're uh, the ensemble and then a guest star comes in, they're a really big big star. Are you intimidated or are they? Intimidated? Oh, oh. They- I'm intimidated 100% and they are not intimidated at all because we, nobody knew us. Like, you know, we're just kids and the show revolves around us. Like there were a couple of times where we would have guest stars who come, who came on and it was like, you could tell they did not want, like this was, they must've just been offered it because they've worked with these writers before and they're like, well, I have the week free, so I'll just do the show. And then the second they got there, they're like, really, this is, so I have to slip on the banana and get the pie in my face. Oh, like, wow. Oh, that's not great. Is that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was like my, that was my character was like, I always was the guy who like would walk and be like, hey, can I say something? And then I'd slip on a, like a, you know, mini monster truck and hit the floor. And it was, that was, that was every day. I broke my collarbone. What? Uh, snowboarding on Christmas break. And when I came back. They had told me they were like, you can't go snowboarding. And of course I go and I break my collarbone. And so then I had to like not wear my cast and stuff. And I'm like running into a ladder that week and jumping over a couch and stuff. And they're like, just grin and bear it. I'm like, okay, great. So I learned, I learned the most on, on that show. And that like kind of set me up for knowing everything out, like how, how to act and be on sets and how to treat people and stuff. So Yes, I'm going to say this in public about you. Uh, you were number one on the call sheet when we did that pilot. You were an excellent number one. It's my first time ever. <laughs> well, you were excellent at it. And I've talked about this on the show before, that number one set, sort of sets the tone. And you were uh, lovely, lovely. You were very generous to everyone, very kind, very patient, very nice with the crew. Thank like, you. Like, no fuss, set a lovely tone. It was a great time. I think it's because I've gotten lucky enough to where I've done this for so long that I know how few and far between jobs come and and so when you are being given the lead of the show and you're number Mm -hmm. one on the call sheet like i for me there's like there's you don't get any luckier than that and so to to act any other way other than like completely grateful for it is just wrong yeah Yeah. it was you know so it's exciting and it's like you have to have everybody together and and because i've again i've worked with people where it's like you just tell that they like hate it i'm like why do you do it then because that was my thing i was always like the second it stops being fun i'm gonna stop doing it because that's why i wanted to do it in the first place yeah and uh so yeah i mean i I just i I, every time something like that happens it's just like i'm super lucky i get super lucky so you're a good man thanks oh i forgot (laughs) to tell you something what oh shit what happened? Oh, no, it's really bad. I didn't tell you this when I got here. Did you forget to poop before we started? No, 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 it's not that. I uh, Don't worry, that was taken care of. I, should, well, I forgot uh, to tell you, and I should have... 
Maybe if it, I don't even know how you're going to say this. Oh, it's bad, but uh, well, fuck it. Just, uh, just give it to me. You, you died. You died. I died. You died. You're dead. I'm so sorry. I, and I never even got to go to the Oscars. How did you die? <laughs> how did I die? Yeah, yeah. I, I've thought long and hard about this, yeah. and I, I don't want to go out uh, in a boring way. Right. It's not your I stuff. love food. Okay. So I'd like to think that like. Now, now, when I died, do, did I know that I was going to die? It's entirely up to you. I'd like to think that I knew I was going to die. Right. You know, kind of like a situation we get the call, end of the world is happening in a day. Okay. So I go to a Brazilian barbecue place, yes. something like Fogo de Chao, mm-hmm. um, or a cheaper one than that, because <laughs> that's too expensive. And I overate, and I ate myself to death. In the restaurant. In the restaurant. Thinking the apocalypse was tomorrow. Yeah, so most of these Brazilian barbecue places, they yeah. have the stop-go yes. sign. And I'd like to think that I just never flipped it to stop. <laughs> and, and despite the fact they could see you were dying, they went, well, he ain't turned it over. No, no. Let's keep just feeding it. Might as well. he, he hasn't said stop, and we're yeah. not allowed to not. And you're going, get doesn't matter, the world's going to end. Just keep the sausage coming, and I'm just, yeah. thoo, thoo, <laughs> sliding straight down my throat okay. until I finally have some sort because I have that is a thing I have eaten Brazilian barbecue and I've eaten yes. so much meat that I have a full blown panic attack in the restaurant and had to go take a seat outside because all of a sudden I was dizzy yeah. and I didn't know where I was and I was like okay I gotta take a break yeah, <laughs> so I'd it. like to think that that's I overate I ate myself to death it's a beautiful death. It's the best way to go, in my the, opinion. The tragedy is, um, I mean, I'll let you in on this, is that the call you got saying it was the end of the world was a prank call. Sick. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but that's why I'm okay with how I went out. Yeah, yeah. Because at least it was, I, like, okay, I didn't jump off a bridge. Yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm going to die in happiness, and that's You died how we lived, eating Brazilian barbecue, not <laughs> Eating <turned>. meat. <laughs> eating pounds and pounds of just red meat. Well, it's the first death I've had like that on the show. Perfect. Uh, how do you feel about death? Worried about it? It's so funny because I worry way too much. Like, I worry about going to the dentist. I don't worry about <laughs> dying, which is hilarious because I probably come closer to dying than yeah. you'll ever come being in the dentist. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I can't... It, it doesn't ever really cross my mind unless I smoke weed and I think too much. And yeah. then all of a sudden I'm having a panic attack and being like, oh man, I'm gonna die. I had my first feeling where I was, I'm 28 now. Yeah. And I finally had that thing of like, oh my God, I'm not 22 anymore. And I'm not yeah. 21. And that was like kind of blowing my mind. And then of course you jump to, well, and then I'm going to die soon. Yeah. So I've, I've, I, I try not to think about it. It doesn't fully scare me. The, okay. it, ex, it excites me to not know what happens after. Yeah. That's a nice idea. That's kind of a cool thing. And like, that's like, so who knows? So you don't have any theory. All, all I, all I will say is I will refuse, and I've told everybody. I'll, t- I tell people that I just meet. Yeah. If I die in front of you, and you're the only person that can take care of it, burn my body immediately. Right. Do not put me in a coffin and bury me, because what if, mm. what if, you die, but yeah. like something in your brain still goes, and you know you're in a coffin, and then you're sitting there for eternity in a coffin rotting away can't do it okay but if that's the case what if there is this thing in your brain that still sort of lives on you've just burned yourself into a million that pieces. takes two seconds yeah but you now you're a million pieces of that's great i'll yeah, spread across the world that is bad i'll spread fair. across the world if i'm stuck in a coffin like that's mm. that's my biggest fear right there like i right. keep worry about for some reason i'm like i'm gonna wake up one day in a coffin underground and not be able to do anything about it yeah that scares me way more than than dying itself so mm. 
Yeah, that's... Just, just, I refuse. Do not bury me. Burn me. <laughs> Make burn, it quick. Burn it immediately. So walk immediately. into the Brazilian restaurant. Walk in with your... a blowtorch. Elon Musk has those those flamethrowers yes, yes, now. Yeah. Walk in with one of those. Time. Light me up. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. Light me up. Um, well, the good news is there is an afterlife and it isn't in a coffin. You great. get out of the coffin. It doesn't matter where you die because your, your spirit goes to heaven. Great. But it's film heaven, where they're just obsessed with films. Do you like films? I love films. Yeah. And if it's film heaven, I hope it's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate I hope it's that factory. It, what, but but shining out DVDs instead of everlasting gobstoppers? No, 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 no. Keep the gobstoppers, but then maybe, like, the walls are lined with DVDs. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you can have, I think you can have that. I can have both. It's my heaven. It's I can your have, heaven. Yeah, I can yeah. have whatever I want, right? Yeah, yeah. But they, you, you do like films, don't you? I do. I love, I love films. And this is actually exciting for me because I feel like I'm going to uh, list a lot of films that probably, uh, probably sh- maybe shouldn't... Like, your listeners are going to be like, well, this dude's stupid, I think. His opinions are not great. <laughs> I think everyone, everyone worries that when they come on the show. And I think the opposite is true. I think if, if you came on the show and went like, oh, Le Cajon Fall and said <laughs> and, uh, 10 French films, that right. the listeners would go, oh, what a dick. Yeah, no, I definitely, there's not, there's nothing like that. I actually try to steer clear from all of, like, the generic, what's your favorite, Goodfellas. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to hit Goodfellas, even though I do think it's a brilliant movie. We we have fully covered Goodfellas, that's fine. Okay, so, in this heaven, Mm -hmm. they, oh, and you've done films as well, haven't you? I've done a few, I've done a few movies. I've done a few movies. Not yeah. proud of a lot of them, but but there are a couple, and that's the fun part. I don't get to say which ones I'm not proud of, but yeah. there are a couple that I'm very... So watch them all, and then tweet us <laughs> so the watch ones them you all think and Yeah, just take a guess as to which ones I was not happy with. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I've been fortunate. I've done, I've done every type of movie, I mm-hmm. think, that you can do. I did a, a Paranormal Activity, oh, yeah. one of those. I was in the fourth one of that. I was. You were kidding it. It was 2012. I was like 22, right? I think, which was weird. That's one thing that I'll never understand about Hollywood. Is I was 22, and the girl that was playing my girlfriend was had just turned 15, and Fuck. and the, like the last shot. Like first of all, we shot that movie three separate times. Um, we started shooting in like late May, and we would shoot for two weeks, and then we'd take like three weeks off, and then yeah. we'd come back and we'd reshoot everything we shot. Nice. By the end of it, it was a 250-page script. It was crazy. Wow. Yeah, it was wild. And a lot of the times, they would just kind of off the cuff. They'd be like, okay, let's just we'll just do this. And so you would do that, which was really fun because yeah. it's all improv and it's all like, you know, and That's you don't that. really know what the story is until you're watching. I honestly did not know what the story was until I watched the movie. Um, but, of course, like the last shot, they're like, maybe we should get you guys. You guys should kiss. And I was like, well... And they were like, no, no, it'll be fine. And she was like, well, can I ask my mom? And of course, oh her mom is downstairs. God. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay. And mom comes up and she's like, yeah, no, no, it's totally fine. Oh I'm like, uh, what, do I have a say? Because yeah. this is, and they're like, oh, it's fine. Don't, don't like make out. Just, you know, just a quick, and I'm like, this is illegal. Yeah, <laughs> like, is that illegal? Yeah. But I've also heard there's, I have friends who've done movies, Disney movies and stuff where one guy's 30 and she's just turned 16 and they have a kiss at the end. And it's oh, like, what? days. <laughs> So yeah, so it's uh, it was it's it's always so. That, so the she whole went and got her mum, and you went and got your lawyer. Oh yeah, check. <laughs> yeah, and her mom stood right behind the camera, and it was just, and it for the record didn't make it in the movie. So uh, so that wasn't even. <laughs> it was kind of like all right, and we're wrapped, and I was like ah, all right, cool. Well, <laughs> burn that footage. 
Burn it now. Oh my god, that's I don't want to have to talk about this again until I'm doing a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and by that time I'm dead. So yeah, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Wow, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, what, oh yes, so what I was going to ask you is, the, oh yeah, this is what I want to ask you. Now, in my career, I have done a, a couple of films that I think are two of the worst films of all time. Great. Now, in the making of those films, I also think... I had the best time. This happens. And I had this the best... F- the friendships I made this on is those frequent. films are the ones that have lasted forever. Yeah, I will Thoughts, say this... Own opinions on that's, that. It, 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 that. That's the most crushing part because I, I've done a couple where I still am friends with those people and I did. I It was mm. like the best experience I ever had. When I... Coming from Nickelodeon, y- you have to be so broad and so yeah. overdone that like... By the time I was out of it, I was like, I just want to do serious things and I want to be subtle, you know, and yeah. I want to like, you know, I, I got into it because Shia LaBeouf, he was like, I was like, that's who I, that's the type of actor I want to be. And then he started doing the subtle stuff and I was like, that's what I need to do. So then I do those things and like, while I'm filming it, you even sometimes are like, wow, this yeah. is going to be great. This is going to be so good and then you watch it back and it's and it's embarrassing and you're yeah. like how did i have such an amazing time yeah. and think it was so good and it and it wasn't it, uh, fortunately all of the movies that i don't think are very good that i've done my parents and family think they're, they're it's their favorites <laughs> which i always am like but this is why it's not it shouldn't be your favorite and they're like but it's so good yeah. and i'm like okay well you're the demographic i guess That's because who it was made for because I definitely wouldn't show it to anybody you're, else. You're who it's made for, people without taste. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's the thing. They, they, yeah, they yeah. don't know, you know, they don't look They don't look at movies the same way that I look at movies. Yeah. And so it's like, they just want to be entertained by something, and it doesn't matter what it is. And so, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I like that they, that they like that. Now, it's, it's, it's bad, though. That's always been terrible, is when you're, like, having a great time, and then it turns yeah. out to not be what you had hoped it would be. But, friendships for life. Yeah, that's that's good because we sort of survived it. That's part of that as well. Anyway, so in this uh, film heaven, they're obsessed with film, and they all they want to know about is your life, but through film. And the first thing they ask you is, "What is the first film that you remember seeing?" um, So the first film I ever remember that I remember seeing was The Lion King. Great. Which what? When was that? Like ninety four? Ninety two. Ninety two think it was the first movie i ever went to my I'm mom took me and i was i believe i was baby. i was born in 90 and so that was i believe i was a baby yeah but that was like the first movie i had a very weird childhood where my parents didn't care what i watched okay so that's one of the things about a lot of the movies that we're going to talk about uh, like i'll pull nice <laughs> <laughs> basically are are movies that like I remember as a kid, they like, they affected me a lot as a child. And some of them are like, oh, why in the hell were you watching that movie as a child? So they started me off very calm with The Lion King. Yeah. Just um, and I actually do remember like flashes of like being in the you theater. You see it at the cinema. All right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah being in the theater and watching it. And my mom was always like, that was the, that was how I knew you liked movies because it was the first movie you ever saw and you didn't make one noise. You were literally uh. just staring at the screen you know, wide-eyed, like, couldn't believe what was going on, and and I was completely quiet the whole time. I think I was literally, like, three years old, two or three oh, years yeah. old. And uh, and I do, I remember, like, flashes of watching the movie. That's okay. Um, and you were an only child? 
Are you? Uh, yeah, yeah. I have six stepbrothers now. Okay. But I was up until 12, I was an only child. Okay. Yeah. So your mom took you to that. That's nice. Yeah. It was very nice of her. That's nice. And then like two weeks later, she took me to see Bad Boys. So that's... Oh, <laughs> wow. That's such a great double bill. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's like... That's cinema right there. It, for, the record, Bad Boys. for the record, Bad Boys is on the list. <laughs> Bad Boys is, is, is up there on the list. I love Bad Boys. Love Bad Boys. I happen to think Bad Boys 2 is one of the answers to what sequel is better than... I fucking love Bad Boys Okay, I'm glad that you think this because a lot of people will argue that it's terrible. No. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Bad Boys 2 is where the only... It's a Michael Bay film and it's like three hours long. Yeah, And I always think all the films are so long, but then I watch it and I go, well, what would you cut? It's all cut. It's so good. It's so good. And the best part is they literally do... The same ending. The yeah, ending, yeah, yeah. The ending of Bad Boys 2 is the exact same, almost down to the dialogue, yeah. as Bad Boys 1. Yeah. That was, I met, when I was on the Nickelodeon show, Will Smith's daughter uh, played the younger version of one of the leads on our show for oh, an wow. episode. And Will Smith, I, I went into the table read for the show, yeah. and I knew she was going to be on it, but I didn't think he was going to be there. I sat down, <laughs> and one of the creators looks at me, and he's like, gives me these like wide eyes, and I'm like, what's up, man? And he kind of points behind me, and literally sitting directly behind me was Will Smith. And Bad Boys was a huge, huge part of my childhood. Like That was one of the first movies that made me want to be, I was to like, Dad, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to be a cop. Yeah. Um, I want to do movies like that. I was yeah. like, this is the coolest thing ever. So see him and I was like holy shit like that's there's Will Smith just saying this doesn't this is insane yeah. and I finally got up the nerve to like talk to him a couple days later and all I could muster was when when is Bad Boys 3 coming out and he was like yo it's crazy like actually I, we, we just had a meeting with Michael Bay a couple days ago like it's getting this was back in 2008 taking a long time to get ready yeah, but ready. <laughs> yeah. So I, that was, but that was the only thing I could ask him because that's all I was like, yeah, I, I used to run down the street with my shirt unbuttoned, two water pistols in my hand, like, cause of the movie and okay, I got to go back. I'll see you later and walked away. And that was the last I ever spoke to Will Smith, but it was not a bad exchange. It wasn't, although it was kind of a letdown cause he said that they were, it was mm. ramping up and it was going to happen. And then I had to wait another 11 Ten years. years. Yeah. So I think, it's, letdown. No, I think it's going to be worth it. Oh, it has to be. I think it'll also be 12 hours long. <laughs> uh, uh, what is the film that made you cry the most? Oh. You're a sensitive man. Oh, because of this film. Because oh, really? Good. Simon Birch. Oh, shit. Do you remember that movie? Simon Birch, which is based on the book A Prayer for Owen Meany, right? Oh, I don't know. Is it? Yes. I don't it's, know. A, it's a sort of, yeah, it's like a reimagining or whatever of that book. It's a massive John Irving book, and they turned it into Simon Birch. Go on, tell oh, me about it. It's yes. a massive book. It's a massive that would classic be novel. Devastating. Yeah. If you're reading a massive novel and the end is the same as that. Yeah. Simon Birch, I my mom actually because again, I this is I feel like this is the only thing my mom and I ever did was go to the movies. But I mean that came out like ninety five, ninety six maybe. Went and saw it in a theater, which for a five year old, yeah. Simon Birch isn't you know, the movie you would choose to see. Looks like a young person. I, well, I think it's because we saw Jim Carrey was in it. Right. And so it was like, oh, Jim Carrey's in this. This must be great. And then the ending came and he helps all the kids off the bus. And yeah. then he dies in the moment. And yeah. I lost it. And yeah. just my mom ended up having to pick me up and take me out of the theater because I was bawling my eyes out. 
it, that was the saddest movie. I still to this day I think is I, I have never cried like that. I mean I'm much older now, but Simon Birch, man, that movie mm. broke my heart. Ah, I mean no one has mentioned Simon Birch ever. That's it, it's and a that is that film. was the easiest one to answer really? when I got to saddest movie. Simon Birch instantly. That's exactly the, the real movie. forgotten movie. That is yeah, good. Shout. It's a great movie too. I, I I watched it a few years ago and it it holds up. Did you cry as much this time? Um, no, but I did cry. I did. Yeah. I did well up. That's, that's the problem with watching movies now is that because I've worked and I've done it, I, it, it really is difficult to like fall into what you're watching. Yeah. And so I catch myself a lot of the times like watching something and like, you know, it's a one shot and I'm like, Oh, this is a one shot. Okay. Yeah, so then yeah, I start paying yeah. attention to the fact that it's a one shot and you forget that you're watching the story and, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, damn, I don't watch movies the same way that I used to because I know how they're made now. Yeah. And so it loses some of that. That's why a lot of the movies that we're talking about are like from Pretty before I was 10 years old kind of thing. Yeah, that is a tricky thing. I think I, I, I can lose myself in films and still can. I've sort of trained myself back. I think when I started, I couldn't watch them. Just meditation? <laughs> yeah, no, meditation. But it's also what does take me out of a film is like a huge crowd shot or something because that stresses me out because I think about oh, yeah. the first AD going, but, uh, everybody, everybody please, again. <laughs> can, please don't, don't look at the camera. Yeah. Don't look at the camera. You're all looking at the camera. <laughs> don't look at the camera. Uh, yeah, that always stresses me out. Like in Roma, there's this huge, stri- I just thought, I God, that looks, that. I have to see that. God, that looks complicated. It looks like a really hard day's work. Anyway. And that's the thing. It's so funny that like, yeah. when you started watching movies, that never even crossed your mind. You no. are there. You're you're in this. This movie happened. Yeah. And then you learn how it happens, and you're like, oh, this is yeah. Was, this was the most stressful day of shooting, one hundred percent. And then that was that was the best. I just went and saw this new Liam Neeson movie, Cold Pursuit. Yes. How is it? It's okay. It's good. It's not bad. It's weird. Okay. Um, because it's like a Liam Neeson movie, and then like halfway through it. He's not even in it for like, it felt like 35, 40 minutes. He wasn't in it. But there's a scene where, and this is, I love background actors. And it, I, I always love yeah. that, like, when people miss the things that they're doing. Because yeah. a lot of times they're, they're using their hands too much. Or yeah. they're like, it looks like they're just in the craziest conversation. <laughs> but this guy, they're in a bar and this guy's playing pool. Mm-hmm. And he's standing there and he's about to take a shot. And I kind of like look into the corner of the screen. I see him about to take a shot. And I'm like, he's not aiming at anything. And then he does it like he hits a ball, and then he gives like a fist pump, but he didn't hit a ball. And you could tell that was, and that was instantly, I lost it because I was like, oh, they told him, look like you're playing pool, but don't hit a ball for sound purposes. And so he, for some reason, thought, I'll pretend to hit a ball and that'll read. And it was, I I lost it. I was like, this, that doesn't make any, any sense. But yeah, those are, and then of course, like the people who get blamed for things like that are the people that are like yeah. are the most stressed out on set. <laughs> I love watching back on Always just like watching the conversations because I know what happens is it starts off just miming, nothing's coming out. But then by take ten, they're trying oh, to yeah. have a conversation. Yeah, and they yeah, go, yeah. What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ah, great, good answer. Okay, what is the film that scared you the most? So again. This is where uh, you, you were too child protective services probably should have <laughs> intervened. Inter- yeah, stepped in and done something about it. I was in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. It was the sixth sense. Fuck yeah! I was in the fourth grade. I was living. It was just me and my mom. Yeah. And I, I want to say we were literally living in like 
a hotel. Okay. Because from like first grade to sixth grade, I was I moved every year. I went to a new school every year. Right. And so we were in like a hotel in Ontario. And she was like, well, let's go see this Bruce Willis movie. It'll be great. And it scared the, the ever-living hell out of me. I ended up having to sleep in bed with my mom for like three and a half months. Um, because I, I literally, like, I, I kept thinking of like the kid, you know, the that part where the, he's like, here, uh, come check out where yeah. my dad hides his gun. And he turns in that bullet hole in the back of his head. That was terrifying. Or when he's peeing that, that still to this day, I don't, my, the way my bathroom is situated, my toilet faces the door. Yeah. So I have my back to the door. And I, if I'm like, if I wake up at three o'clock in the morning, I go into the, and I don't even want to turn the light on. I still think about that moment of the kid peeing and the, that, you know, one of the ghosts walking past the screen. Oh, you give me the shivers. Well, and when I was that age, like, I didn't know, okay, this is about to happen. Yeah. Whereas I watch a horror film now, I'm like, okay, this is about to happen. And that's not technically, that's not even a horror film. But I, I didn't know that was coming. And so that was like, that was the scariest thing when Misha Barton is like throwing up and you reveal yeah. of that. Like, believe it or not, though, three weeks after we saw it, we went and saw it again. <laughs> we saw it twice in theaters, even though it literally, it destroyed me. Like, How old were you again? Sorry. I believe that was in 98, so I was I was either seven or eight years old. Wow. Great. <laughs> Which, why? I don't I don't know why that was allowed. Yeah. Like, why I was allowed to go and see that movie at seven years old. So you went back because your mom was like, I want to know how it all worked. I think or so, yeah. Like, yeah, because it was, you know, once yeah, the, once I mean, spoiler the alert, but yeah. like, once you found out what was really going on, you had to go back and see it again yeah. to see all the signs. And uh, it's yeah. so fascinating because it's really. Uh, I read a thing about the making of that, and they all, all the crew, everyone was like, we, "It's given away. It's so obvious." Because it is. once you know it, they, they, they don't hide it really. Yeah. And they were all. I think they were all so excited how it played because they were just like. Well, well see, and that so goes obvious. back to like the years of not like not having social media and stuff, where yeah. your brain is so aware of like all the things it's because because you never even thought about it while you were watching the movie whereas like yeah, now you weren't looking for a twist either. yeah, yeah whereas just... now it's like you're expecting everything so like yeah. you, they can't really get by you anymore and that's like that's a big bummer mm. but yeah that was but that was the thing too is like i for some reason my mom loved like scream yeah know? yeah, yeah. Scream. So that's like my that's like my favorite horror franchise and i believe yeah. the first one came out in 97 i saw that in the theaters Right. I saw the sequel in the theaters, which scared the hell out of me because the opening is in a movie theater. Really good. Beginning. And but like these movies, like I ended up having like four different box sets of the first three screen movies because I loved them so much. But I was seeing them in theaters at seven years old, and that and and that's not not right. You've turned out. I've turned out okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've turned out okay, but I do look at it. And I'm like, that's I. I try to think if I would do that with my child. I think I would because of the fact that, like, how I've turned out. I'm like, I think it's fine to overload their brains with yeah. that right off the bat. Get it out of the way. You're fine. You do still pee holding a baseball bat. Yeah. Just and with my head completely turned around staring at the door. Yeah. I miss the seat a lot. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. I saw no, your bathroom. It's, it's an absolute... It's a state. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, is, uh, what is a film that critically... Most people don't like this film. They think it's rubbish. But you're like, you guys are idiots. This film's amazing. Are you allowed to do multiple movies? 
you can have like notable mention and then you'd have to pick one. Okay. Cause I, I, I had an honorable mention. My, my original go to when I read that question, like yeah. I, the jump was deep blue sea. Oh, great. Because first of all, you kill off Samuel L. Jackson before you get halfway through the movie. That's like the most yeah. boss thing you can possibly do in a movie. But I remember thinking that movie was so badass because these sharks could swim backwards. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that was the biggest. I remember. I still remember watching the trailer for it and being like, "This is really good." And then they're like, "Oh my god, the sharks are swimming backwards. <laughs> they can't do that." And then it was like, but it's also like. It's sad because it's. I remember they're testing mm. these sharks. They're te- they're like for Alzheimer's, and that's what it was. It was a it was a, a like a chemical that would reverse the effects of Alzheimer's. But in these sharks, it made them ultra intelligent, yeah, and able to like hunt these humans. The backwards is that. But the one that I would say is the the movie that mm. which I thought people loved, and now I've learned that people hate it. it- Wild Wild West. Oh yeah, yeah. People hated that. People hate that yes, movie. They hate that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> Great. And again, it might go back to like the bad boys thing yeah. where like I was huge Will Smith fan. Yeah. So, you know, when you're that young, that because I believe that came out in like ninety eight, like when you're that young, when you find when you become a fan of somebody, they can't do any wrong. Yeah. So when I watched I again I think I saw Wild Wild West like two or three times in the movie theater. And I thought it was just the coolest movie I'd ever seen. Yeah, and I haven't watched it in years, but I I can honestly say I think it would hold up, and I think I would like it just as much. I can't. I listen. You may well do. He just it's came like, out and said he turned down the Matrix to, to do, do well, Wild Wild West. He did that for you because he just didn't understand, which I find hilarious. He didn't understand the plot of the Matrix, but he did understand. So the he plot did. Of Wild Wild West. He read at one point in this script. He read there's a 300 foot metal spider crawling yeah. through, and that was not more than the matrix one that's insane and he was like well this is logical this This is fantastic this one makes perfect sense (laughs) yeah yeah that was that movie that was a disaster that film as in i don't know if it is i haven't seen it since it came out and i think i enjoyed it at the time i loved it yeah i I don't think i hated it but i but nowadays i'll read about it and it's like people despise that movie yeah i'm like i don't know why it's entertaining it's so entertaining Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Yeah. What is the film that you used to love? It's kind of the opposite question. You used to love this film, but you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh no, this does not hold up for me. So this is going to be the most controversial answer. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. (laughs) I'm actually, I I told my girlfriend last night that I was very worried to answer this question because 
it was my gut instinct to go, this is, this is what I would say. Yeah. But I know for, especially now that I know how many people listen to this, <laughs> I'm like, there's going to be some people who end up hating me over this. Okay. So I think the movie that doesn't hold up, I think is actually a combined thing. I think pretty much any horror film made in the seventies and eighties doesn't really hold up. Oh dear. he's got got him very hard I'll say like okay Halloween that holds up yes but have you ever watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre I have it's horrendous and it's I see why in I think that was 79 or something I see why that was terrifying then yeah because again with social media and stuff you don't you're not overloaded with horrific things yeah and so you think this could actually happen this is true but that movie is the most repetitive film I've ever seen where it's like their their thing breaks down and one of them goes and finds this house and then gets chased out of the house and gets murdered. And then another person goes into the house, gets chased out, gets murdered, goes into that. And I believe it happens three separate times because yeah. I remember thinking at the time, again, I saw it very young, but like I remember thinking at the time, like I feel like they just used the same shot. They like set the <laughs> camera time. up. And they were like, all right, Janine, run out the house. And she would run. And then they'd be like, all right, Tom, now you run out the house. And that was like, that was it. And it was, we got everyone running out the house. It was okay. so repetitive. And I got like, I can see why they're scary then. Mm-hmm. And I can see why people were so terrified by these movies then. But they're just, they're just not that good. And the acting is horrific in majority of them. And, uh, yeah, so that's, yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid I am not going to accept this answer. That's fair. So my original answer yes. was 13 Ghosts. Fine, there you go. But that was because I just watched it, and I when, I when I went to watch it two weeks ago, yeah. one of my buddies who's a huge horror fan had never seen it, and I was like, you didn't, hadn't seen 13 Ghosts? I'm a huge Matthew Lillard fan, so I remember when that came out, I was like, I, this is going to be the movie, and I saw it four or five times in the movie theater. This is a Michael Bay production as well. No, thir- no, that's 13 Hours. <laughs> no, hang on, isn't it Platinum Jeans, 13 Ghosts? Is it? What happens in 13 Ghosts? 13 Ghosts is about the, the, the mad guy who died he dies at the beginning but he collects ghosts like uh yeah. he collects like the most wretched ghosts in the world whatever he's and a, then he's he, a naughty guy tony shalhoub yeah and man. shannon elizabeth who i believe is playing 16 and she's 30 in this movie she literally was 30 years old and she wow. was playing 16 and you could tell she was like playing it like she was supposed to be a teenager but you're like this is not believable at all um, and you could see as well, they hired her because at one point, like her shirt gets ripped off and she's just wearing a bra and you're like, well, you can't do that with a 16 year old, especially in especially 2000 the, or whatever. The debacle you had. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it was like, they like, they inherit their uncle's house mm-hmm. and it ends up being this house that is holding these, these 12 spirits and it's it ends up being this, but at the time, I was like, this is the greatest movie I'd ever seen. I was like, this is the coolest horror film. Matthew Lillard's fantastic in it. Like, this is so good. And then I got like halfway through it a couple weeks ago and I was like, holy hell. Oh, no. This is terrible. Were you watching it alone? No, I was it? watching it with my friend and, and I felt bad. I actually yeah, felt bad because I, I was like, that. how have you never seen this? It's so good. Sit down. We're watching it right now. Oh, that's a horrible feeling. Did and you apologize? We oh, yeah, yeah, no, it. I absolutely apologize. Oh, that's I horrible. I absolutely apologize. Um, I'm and, so and sorry, I, that's the saddest, the saddest story. 
of all the sad stories. Because I know that feeling where you <laughs> that, feel like you made the film or something. Yeah. When you've bigged up a film so much, you want to share it with Oh, someone. yeah. Well, because that's, I think, one of... Because my girlfriend never understands. I'm always like, let's watch this movie. And she's like, but you've seen it a hundred times. I'm like, but you've never seen it. Yeah. And when I'm watching with somebody that I care about and they've never seen it and I've seen it, I know how good it is. We just watched Boogie Nights. Uh, she had never seen Boogie Nights. Wonderful. And she was like, but you've seen it. It's three hours long. I was like, I don't care. I will sit through every minute of it just for just to get your reaction to yeah. see it. So that's how I felt about 13 Ghosts going into it. I was like, holy hell. My buddy who loves horror films never saw 13 Ghosts. You're insane. And then it just, it just let me, it was just so, it's too much. The act, like the acting is good for what it is, but it, it's, it's so like, it's so early 2000s. Mm. I, so many movies in the early 2000s are like that, where it's like, they were so good then. And now you're yeah. like, wow, they would never get away with making this now. It just wouldn't happen. Uh, shout out to Matthew Lillard. Two great performances recently. One in The Descendant, a fantastic performance when George Clooney comes to the uh-huh. door. Yes. So good. Yes. And then in uh, Twin Peaks The Return, which I don't know if you watched, but he's fucking I did great not see. It. I watched the first episode. I had never seen Twin Peaks. Oh, and I watched okay. the first episode of The Revival yeah. and I was like, what the hell am I watching right now? <laughs> yeah. So I and I so I think I just didn't pick back up on it. Um He's great. He's a Yeah, Matthew Lillard, Well, and that was going back to Scream. Like yeah. he was and he was the character I loved the most in Scream next to Jamie Kennedy. Uh, both of those characters, I was like, those those were the guys that I look I looked up to, and I ended up auditioning for a movie that Matthew Lillard was directing, and I did the first audition, and it was good, it went really well, and I was like, this is awesome, Matthew Lillard is directing this, and they call and they're like, hey, so we want you to meet with with Matt, and and uh, so come for a director session, and I was like, holy hell, this was like, I mean, this was seven eight years ago, yeah. and I was so excited. So I was like, well, this has to be perfect. Like I need it to be perfect. So I call, uh, I, I've used an acting coach a few times and I called him. I said, listen, I, I'm going back in for this thing. I need to just come in. I need to make sure that it's good enough. Mm. And I sat down to do it with him and he changed everything that I had, all of the choices I had already made, kind of flipped it and basically said, those are wrong. This is what you need to do. And I went in, I met with Matthew Lillard and I started off by being like, just so you know, like you're one of my idols. Like this is one of the coolest moments of my life. All right, action, let's do this. And I did it. And he was like, um, okay, wait, no, you got to loosen up. You got to, you know, and I, and I just, it, I felt my world crumbling because I had been told not to do the things. And the casting of course, afterwards was like, why he, he came in, he gave a completely different read we loved his they first read, did, yeah. but I was so at that point was so zoning on this is how it's supposed to be that I couldn't get back to that point. Oh, shit. And he ended up nicely enough. He like signed my sides and he was like to a, to a little me, Matt Lillard. And I was like, that's uh, the coolest thing ever. But I just walked out being like, man, I had the opportunity to work <sighs> under him and I completely ruined it by going to an acting coach. What happened to that acting coach? I don't know. He's a good, he's a very good acting coach. And he did coach me through other things, and, and they, those went well. Okay. But that's something I had just learned my lesson. You don't ever go in and audition for something, and, and then, then when, you, when you get a call back, do it completely different. Yeah. You just don't do that, which is, should have been common sense. But, yeah. So that was, that was a big nice, letdown. That's nice, though. It's nice that you got to meet him. Yeah. That you love him. I was one of the coolest moments. One of the coolest moments. Because it was just like, it. you know. And then, and then I, I worked with Jamie Kennedy a couple of years after that. Really? And that was, again, like just like the coolest thing. And I'm, I'm, again, I get so like, so it's funny cause I'm a very out, out 
outspoken person. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I wouldn't say like I'm over, like good outgoing, but I'm, I'm outgoing. But when I get around people that like, I used to watch, like I, I go out of my way not to meet Shia LaBeouf. I've had multiple opportunities to meet Shia LaBeouf. I refuse to do it. Cause I just don't want to, yeah. cause I'm just like, I don't know what I would say. I would end up being a kiss ass and I would be like, you know, yeah. I love you so much. Dude. So like, please <laughs> let's work together. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's and always, you don't want it to, if you have a shit interaction with someone, and you look up to, that's then the rest of your life is that ruined. That's the biggest, ruined. yeah, that's like the biggest thing. Cause yeah. that's, you know, those guys were the guys that like, this was the reason I started acting. Cause I was like, man, I want to do it like that. I want to entertain people like they're entertaining people. And, I want people to watch performances that I do and get the same feeling that I'm getting from these people. And, and then you meet them. And a lot of times they're just, they're just the opposite of what you're hoping for. And so I just go out of my way to not meet those people nowadays. I think that's very wise. (laughs) Yeah. Very wise. Uh, Okay. This next question is my favorite. I say it every time people know it now. Here's my favorite question. What is the film? That means the most to you. Not necessarily because the film itself is any good. Film might be shit, but the memory you associate with that film, you might have seen it on the uh, first date. It might have been the day you got a job. So you'll always remember that film because of that experience. What is the film? Uh, again, this was a, this was one of those hard ones, but I uh, I think my answer is Holes. Shy of it. And that was because when I decided I wanted to be an actor was when I was watching Even Stevens which was the show he started on. And I was like, oh my God, this is, he's the funniest guy I've ever seen. And he's like, whereas like I looked up to Jim Carrey, I looked up to Will Smith, but they were all adults. They were full grown adults. And so you can't be like, I want to play that role because you can't play it right now. Whereas I was watching even Stevens. I think I was in like seventh grade and I was like, oh, that this is, I want to do this kind of stuff. This he's the funniest guy ever. And so I just decided that I wanted to be an actor and my mom woke me up one morning for school and I had been anticipating holes for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, cause that was before you could go on the internet and like watch the trailer over and over. So like, yeah. I would just see like quick snippets on TV and be like, Shia LaBeouf, he's doing a movie, like a real movie. This is crazy. And my mom woke me up and she's like, Hey, you got to get ready for school. And I was like, okay. She's like, Oh, you know what? Why don't we not go to school? Why don't we go see holes? And I was like, I like this. this is the greatest thing ever. And she, it's funny because she had done that before, but she would take me to Disneyland. But for some reason, this was better yeah. than Disneyland. And then going and seeing it and seeing Shia LaBeouf, like giving this entirely different performance was the first time where I was like, oh my God, you can play different roles. You yeah. don't like, you don't just have to be the loud, funny guy. You can actually do something that has emotion and is like real. This is crazy. And so then it, it kind of just sparked the whole of like realizing that I didn't want to just make people laugh. I wanted to do all these things. So that was like, I think the most memorable movie for me, just based on like, I remember the entire day seeing it and realizing like I really, really, really wanted to be an actor and nothing else, nothing was going to stop me from doing that. That's a beautiful answer. Thank you. I like that. I Thank like that you. your mum did that for you as well. She's yeah. really got you. She didn't want me to be an actor, so she said no oh, really? for years. Yeah, she said no for years. We're going until... to see holes, but don't get any ideas. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> she was just so afraid of the rejection, which yeah. I, looking back on it, like, yeah, I totally get it. Like, I'm, I didn't start going on auditions until I was 15. If I was going on auditions at 10 when I wanted to be getting told no all the time, like, mm. that 
is that will affect you later on. It affects me now. And I was getting told no when I was 15 mm. and I get told no now and it still affects me. I'm like, but if I was a child and I didn't really know yeah. all to me, it's like you get told no, it's like, oh, they don't want you. And yeah. so that's what gets in your head is you just, they don't want you. So I was actually very grateful for the fact that for a while, my mom was like, no, 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 we're not doing this. You're not going to be an actor. Because usually it's the other way around. The mom wants you to be an actor. Yeah. And you're like, well, I just want to play soccer with my friends. <laughs> or I guess you probably have a lot of British football. Football, thank you. Yeah, so my, that's my, my bad. No, I've no, already pissed bad. off enough people with my yeah. original... What with your hatred of 70s horror. <laughs> people are going, this is bullshit. <laughs> they, cut, they stopped listening right there, and I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the film that you most relate to? I would say super bad. Oh, okay. Because that, that was... Sense. I was a senior in yeah. high school when that movie came out, and that was like, that was so true to what it was. I wasn't as nerdy as those guys were, yeah. but the mission of getting alcohol, the mission of trying to like get the girl, all that, that was like exactly what I would go to go through on a weekly basis of like, all right, this is, this is it. We're having that party night. It's going to be the most yeah. epic party of all time. It's going to be great. And it was also because it was my senior year and that was, you know, I was, a lot of my friends were leaving for college. And so I was losing a lot of my friends who I actually don't even talk to anymore. So like, that was really kind of the last time I hung out with it. So it was that movie. I mean, again, I saw that like three or four times in the theaters and I just remember being like, well, this is, yeah, I relate to this the most because this is, I feel like I'm watching my yeah high school years. On, that, on that makes perfect sense. That's a very good answer. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> it's quite moving. I forget. It's quite moving at the end, isn't it? It's super bad. It's a love story. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like they have to say goodbye. It's a love story between. Scared them. of saying goodbye to each other. Yeah, and yeah. then they have that beautiful moment while they're laying on their sleeping bags yeah. and realizing that it's everything's going to be okay. And that was yeah. Yeah. It's like oh okay everything's going to be okay. And then I think like a month later I booked a show and was like oh I get to finally be an actor <laughs> ah. to finally do stuff. Great. Yeah. Now here's the question: What is the what is the film that you found the sexiest? Okay, so here we go. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one where I don't, uh, I don't find movies to be very sexy. Like mm. I don't, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey. Like I don't watch that and go, "Oh man, I'm really turned on right really now." Great so right I had now. to think about this one a lot, and it goes back to when I think I was four years old, mm -hmm. and I was staying at my dad's house, and I would sleep on the couch, and I would keep the TV on. And he had HBO, which I did not have at my mom's house. Mm -hmm. And I also just you when you're five, six years old, thinking HBO, you're like, this is naughty TV. This is the TV you're not allowed to watch. So I was watching it, and I was watching Private Parts. Oh, the Howard Stern the movie Howard with Stern Jenna movie. Jameson. Yeah, yes, which I remember that. Yes, and that was the first time that I ever saw a naked woman. Mm -hmm. And the first time that I had ever seen anything sexual, because he does that whole scene where she's sitting on the speaker and yeah, he's like, yeah. blah, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. I had never seen anything like that. So six years old, I had no idea what was going on, but it like looked crazy. And I was like, whoa, this is the, wow, this is sex. And then cut <laughs> to, there's the whole Jenna Jameson being naked in the studio. And yeah. I had never seen anything like that before. So I have to, when I think this sex, is sex movie, women and speakers, <laughs> this, is, this is, is what sex is. Speakers. And that's how I've done it. I've never, I still to this day have not <laughs> lost my virginity. Uh, <laughs> that's, Just bring girls home. Do you want to sit yeah. on that speaker? <laughs> <laughs> I promise I'm not going to touch you. I'm no, I'll be in the other room with the mic. I'm just going to hum really loudly. <laughs> it's the only way I know how to do it. Um, 
Yeah, so I think I think Private Parts was um, that's a great answer. It hasn't come up. I forget. Yeah, that's... that movie is great. Yeah, I, it that, is. and that movie holds up too. That's one of those where I, I was listening to Howard Stern the other day, and he's talking about how like it should have been nominated for Golden Globes and stuff like yeah. that. He's like, because it, it, it's almost the exact same story as Bohemian Rhapsody, and I'm just like, well, I don't know if I go that far, <laughs> but it definitely. It's a good film. It touched me. Private Parts is directed by Betty Thomas. Yes. Who made the Brady Bunch movie. I did not know that. Which is an excellent film. Have you wow. seen that? I'm so surprised. You know so much about Betty Thomas. I love it. <laughs> Betty Thomas was in Hill Street Blues. I never I never saw that. And won many, many Emmys. And then went on to be a brilliant director. Yeah, I never, um, I don't remember the, the Brady Bunch movie. It's so good. Is it? It's really, really funny. Like, truly it is? Oh, it's a funny, funny, funny film. It's not what you think it is. Like the original a, Brady Bunch movie. The Brady Bunch movie. And, there's, the, and there's, a very Brady right? sequel, yeah. And isn't that one supposed to be, like, terrible? No, they're both very they're funny They're both films. funny. I promise. Like, All right, well. I think you're in for a treat. I know my girlfriend hasn't seen it, so that's one we can sit down and watch. The Brady Bunch movie's funny. All right, I'm going to have to watch it. Oh, God, what if, I've, what if it doesn't hold up? I think it does. It's proper funny. All right. Yeah, well, okay. You got it, then. <laughs> uh, anyway, so. Oh, yeah, so there is a subcategory to this question. The boner thing? Yeah, the boner thing. I, I got mean, a great story. Okay, fantastic. <laughs> so the subcategory is troubling boners, worrying why don'ts. A film you found arousing and you thought, maybe I shouldn't. Something's up. So I don't think... So this goes back. I was four years old. Okay. <laughs> uh, sure, a lot of It was the first time that I ever got an erection. <gasps> yes. Uh, <laughs> watching Some Like It Hot. Yes. Uh, Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. And I was laying on the floor. I don't remember this. This is my mom telling me that this is what happened um but i totally believe it uh (laughs) why would she lie yeah why would she lie about such a terrible thing that she loves to tell everybody so i'm like might as well get it out to the all the listeners um i was laying on the floor Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden i start she she said she all of a sudden she just heard me going and i looked down and she she looked down and i was like punching it because i didn't know what was happening and she was like, honey, what's the matter? And I was like, I don't know. This is, why is this happening? And, and she was like, I don't, what do you, what do you think? And she was like, and I think I said Marilyn Monroe's boobs, like was like something that was like sticking out. And so that was like the first time that I ever, um, yeah, that was a troublesome boner. I would imagine because it was the first, it was the you first. You suddenly thing. raised off the floor. But I like to think that that's great. I'm happy that my first boner was like to something so classic. Yeah, you know see, I, mean? I think it speaks very highly of you. I think you're a very classy gentleman that your first boner was a black and white one. Exactly. <laughs> very impressed. Very, very classy guy. I followed it up with Gone with the Wind. Had an erection the entire time. Through then that the Godfather. Just went through all the classics. <laughs> all of them. Um, uh, yeah. Speaking of uh, classics, what do you think objectively is the greatest film of all time? Might not be your favourite. But you go, objectively, that is the pinnacle of cinema. That was a question? Um, <laughs> yeah. I think Children of Men is... Fucking great. Is, I mean, hands down, like, one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. Uh, in every aspect. Every category. The acting, like, that was... I remember that was the first time I noticed a one-shot. And there's yeah. multiple in that movie. And they are all Incredible. so good. And it, it did, like... They're so good that it just doesn't make sense. And mm. you're like, how does that, I mean, there's the one that is going through the city uh, right after the baby's been born and he's yeah. like chasing after the baby and it's goes through an entire city that's under attack 
and it's all this stuff is happening and it's all one shot and I was just like this doesn't make sense this is a Clive Owen he's so damn good and yeah. and that was best opening scene I, I I had that or Saving Private Ryan but that one for me I, rem- I remember sitting in the theater and watching that opening scene and it, you know it was all one shot and him walking out and then it, the, that place blowing up and I was just like holy shit yeah. and now it's I read an article recently about how like how that movie was so ahead of its time because now it's crazy how much it's kind of the climate and stuff is like that's kind of what's become of things and it's like wow yeah it that i mean that movie because that movie is disturbing but it's michael Caine in that movie is so good strawberry cough that was i had never i remember when i saw that i had nobody i had never done weed i never watched so i didn't understand any of it nowadays i'm like oh that's hilarious i get it now (laughs) (laughs) i can relate to that now it's ma- it was massively underrated that film. It's a oh real, God, yeah. real classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, it's so good. And also, I was so pleased. You know the sequence in the car. I think I've talked about this before, but the one shot in the car. Oh, with the with the, with the ping, ping pong, pong ball. ball. Okay, that's we can agree that's that's CGI, right? That's or that's. I think that that is effects. CGI. But what I was delighted to see is that everything else is real. Yeah. Like the motorcycle, is, all I thought, stuff oh, has this all been sort of drawn in? It's like, no, they really fucking stunt men, stunt everything. It it's makes incredible. no sense. To me. It's insane. Yeah. And, and the thing is, too, I like to, like, how many times did they shoot that? Yeah, I always think that. Yeah, they can't just, they didn't just shoot it once. And if that's the case, it's like, you shot that multiple times? Also, try and at mime spitting a, a CGI ping pong ball in someone's mouth without feeling like an idiot and then carrying on the scene. <laughs> that's... <laughs> That's brilliant acting. Oh. <laughs> really hard. I, that, that's the thing about... I, I think one-shots are like the coolest thing in mm. cinema. And, I, and, I, and I'm really excited because I do think that like this year is going to be like the year of the one-shot. I've been noticing a lot lately mm. that there's a lot of... Like that's the thing that people are loving to do right now yeah. is one-shots. And I think we're going to start seeing like a lot of them. The Outlaw King had a sort of 15-minute one-shot at the beginning. Is that true? That? Yeah. You'd like that. Outlaw King. Okay, I gotta, I gotta, I haven't, I haven't. Oh, Outlaw King, that's the Chris Pine? Chris Pine one, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Very big. Yeah, I have to, I have to look at that. Because I just escaped at Danamora. Did you watch that? No. Oh, man. There's like, there's like a seven minute one shot scene that about halfway through it, I was like, oh my God, this is one shot. How, what? Because to me, it's what's so cool about it is like, especially when you start adding action, explosions, things like that into it, it's like, all it takes is one person messing up. And you have to go back to the beginning. Yeah. Could you imagine being that, that guy, especially if it's a background actor? That's my fear. I. That you look <laughs> into camera and they go, "No, forget it. We did fifty minutes. Go back to the top. Bye bye." Like, and and you're right. gone too because at that point they instantly are like, "Find somebody else." Yeah, yeah. And you've ruined you. And it would be so soul crushing. It would be so soul crushing. Now I'm not going to talk about this for long because we have talked about it a lot in this podcast. But have you seen Victoria? And if you haven't, you absolutely I have haven't. To. Victoria is a two hour and a half one shot film. Shut up. That is like actually one shot or is it one, has actually, actually one shot. You have to watch it. I think it's on Netflix. It's one of the best films ever. And Victoria. Love it. And what it isn't, it's not like, oh, it's just set in a house. It's set across a whole city. She happens. It's fucking wow. amazing. And it is they really did three, one shot. They did three takes and the film is the third take. Over three wow. nights. Okay. I, I honestly might watch that tonight. I think you'll love it. That, that is, really, like I said, that is like my favorite. Yeah. I just think that it takes so much to be able to yeah. do to pull something like that off, and that's. And for, I, I just think it must. I watched that. I have talked about this, but that for the lead actors, 
believe it or not, I sort of think it's easy. Not easy, but as in they can, they can improvise in it, they can yeah. get lost in it, as long as they're not looking at camera. If something sort of goes wrong, they can improvise around it. But yeah. it's more the people that appear two hours, ten in. The supporting the characters. Yeah. That have like three lines. And they're waiting behind the door and there's a first lady going, they're coming, they're coming. And you go, hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing too it's two and a half hours you can imagine being like the last person that comes in with two, 15 minutes later yeah. hey my guys oh shit yeah I fucked it oh, sorry Start uh, us. Uh, can I go back and then you just see the director yeah. is just like wants to murder you and that's yeah. that's that <laughs> yeah it's incredible anyway good 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 answer children men yeah children men Respect. I think is... uh, what is the now I don't like to be negative so we'll do it quickly What's the worst film of all time? Dumb and Dumber Two. Ah, oh, that's. I mean, that's. Fair. Which is, which is. I think it's. I think it's because it hurt me the most. Yeah. Because there are definitely worse films. Yeah. There are definitely movies that are are worse than that movie. Yeah. But if you had told me ten years ago that one day you'll walk out fifteen minutes into a film with Jeff Daniels and ah, Jim Carrey, yeah. especially a re uh, a sequel to one of the funniest movies you've ever seen. I would have said you're a liar and we probably would have never spoken again uh, until that day came. And then I would call you and be like, I'm so sorry Take me back. that I said that because I did. I, I walked out about 15 minutes into that movie because I was like, it was embarrassing. I was yeah. like embarrassed. And I don't know who I was embarrassed for, but yeah, I know <laughs> feeling. you feel embarrassed for them. Yeah. I mean, it was, it's like what Jim Carrey is a genius. Yeah. Like I, and it, comedically he is a genius and Jeff Daniels again, like is 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 a genius, and so it was it was just there was so much that went wrong for it to be that bad. It was like let's just do exactly what we did, but you can't you can't just make the same comedy because the, the world changes and the, certain things become different. Like subtle comedy is what's funnier now, whereas yeah. you know it's very like you haven't seen a slapstick comedy film that's actually made money in a long time. Because it just doesn't really work anymore because people just won't buy it. Yeah. And it felt like they were like, all right, well, they're not going to buy it. So let's just go as extreme as possible. And at that point, you're just like, well, dude, this is what, it, especially when you're playing those characters, like yeah. you're playing dumb and when it doesn't work, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So that broke, that was, that one hurt. That, that one hurt. And so that was like. And that was that was sad too when I read that question. I was like, which one? And that was the first thing that came to mind. It was like, yeah, I have to it. say Dumb and Dumber too. This is a totally fair answer. Which is hilarious because I loved Dumb and Dumber when Harry met Lloyd. Oh yeah, no, that's I funny. thought that was a great movie. Yeah. And and so to think Got that's it. a great movie and the thing Dumb and like that's that tells you how bad that must yeah. have been. It's worse than Dumb and Dumber Dumber Err. Dumber Dumber Dumb and Dumber Err. <laughs> uh, what is speaking of comedies? What's the funniest film of all time? What's the film that made you I'm laugh? I'm sure you get this. You got this one a lot. I think you did with uh, Will Poulter. I think answered the Step Brothers. I think. Is. Oh, great! Step Brothers is it, it's it's tough to say just Step Brothers because then you have things like Anchorman and you have things like yeah. Zoolander, but Step Brothers is one of those where like I, first of all, every line is quotable. Yeah. Every single line in that movie is a quotable line that you take away and and use it somewhere else, and. Again, it's that's one of those where it's like that was kind of slapstick, and you you took a chance playing these like childlike characters, but yeah. it just worked. Yeah, I mean, and and both of the, I mean, John C. Riley and and Will Ferrell are just like 
again, they're geniuses. And it's mm-hmm. just like that movie, I could watch that movie over and over and still laugh at the exact same parts as if I'm seeing it for the first time. And great support characters. I love Adam Scott in it. Dude, Adam Scott. He's so good in it. Honey, Dane Cook, pay-per-view, 20 minutes is one of my favorite things. <laughs> That's <laughs> because, so good. Because that was right at like the peak of <laughs> Dane Cook. And so you go back yeah. and watch that and it's like, that's so funny. Like who watches pay-per-view now? <laughs> so you're like, Dane Cook, pay-per-view, 20 minutes. <laughs> that is so good. And then the, Catherine yeah, Hahn. Catherine oh. Hahn. Yes, please. Catherine Hahn is, is, in my opinion, her and Kate McKinnon are like... Yeah are like untouchable comedic actresses. Like I like, Oh my God, Catherine Hahn is so good. Yeah. Catherine. Hahn, I just watched bad words last night. Oh yeah. Uh, have you seen that? No. Jason Bateman. Oh no. Jason Bateman directed it. It's about, yeah, he yeah. plays like a guy who's 40, but he enrolls in this spelling bee oh, great. and he's up against all these 10 year olds. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but he found a loop with it's, it's, it's hilarious. Oh, and great. it's, he just treats all these kids like complete shit and gets away with it. But Catherine Hahn plays like a journalist in it. She's just so good. She's I so love good. her. Yeah. Really love her. Um, what is the film that you could or have watched the most over and over again? Elf. Oh, I love Elf. Elf is... Again, Elf is so yeah, good. I get excited for Christmas specifically because mm. I know that I'm going to watch Elf at least 15 to 20 times yeah. within that month. Um, and I, it didn't click until this year where I realized like I was on like the 14th viewing of it and I was like, Oh my god! I want to watch it again, and it hasn't even started. Like, oh no! I really that movie is so good because it. I think that is like what a Christmas story was to people. Yeah, then yeah, yeah. that's what that was. Elf is that for me in my generation. I I mean I remember renting Elf, and I remember what just I could watch. I could watch that movie right now. I could watch yeah. that movie at any point in the day. Love that movie. And you forget when it came out, like it sort of sounded shit. I remember yeah. I thinking, this sounds shit. This sounds like it's going to yeah. be shit. But he's an elf. He comes he's from the North yeah, Pole. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah, thanks. Well, it, so brilliant. here's my thing. I watched it a bunch of times, and I, I start to think that I think Scott Kahn? Is that who's in it? James Kahn. James Kahn. Scott Kahn. The Dead. Yes. Yeah. The Dead? No. <laughs> the Dead. <laughs> no. Um, so James Kahn. Yeah. You watch that movie back, and I, this time, watch it back, but this time, think... To yourself that he thinks this is a bad movie. Yes, I have done that actually. So I, the last time I was watching it, he's like answering things like, "Well, you know what? Are you gonna, yeah, you're gonna just do that." And I was like, "Oh my god, he hates being in this movie. He thinks this movie's terrible. He thinks it's what I thought it was gonna be." <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I didn't notice it for a long time until recently, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, it's funny because it's it doesn't ruin it. No. It doesn't take you away. It's, it it doesn't makes him feel him. very realistic. Yeah, but I think that he was like phoning it in completely and thought this is going to be a pile of shit. Because imagine being James Caan. Mm-hmm. I doubt he watched much of Will Ferrell's stuff. Yeah. And then coming to work and let's say the first scene they, sh- they shot was him coming to the office and singing the, the <gasps> gram and saying, you're my dad and you're here and I'm your son. <laughs> if I was James Caan, yeah. the actor... And he probably got paid a very good amount of money on that movie, yeah. and that's probably why he did it. And that was the first thing I saw. I'd be like, this is bullshit. Yeah, this, this is, is the end of me. bullshit. This is the end of my career. <laughs> Up my salary because this is the last time I'm working. Yeah. And that was, I, it's really funny to Have watch. Have you read that, that he didn't like it, or this is just... No, this is, I, this, I is, this yeah. is purely going off of like, 
I just there's no he's playing it completely different than anybody else yeah. is playing a character in the movie. And he's playing it as if he's just sick of being. He almost there. like deliberately mumbles like, "Don't, yeah. don't be on me for this." Shit. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Want That's exactly that. what it is. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I could be totally wrong. I, I think you're I right. haven't I spoken to Sir Khan, right. so like I don't know. I don't know if that's real or not. But genuinely, that was I caught that, and I was like, "Oh my god, he hates this." Yeah, hates this movie. But there's a the thing I, I, I always get upset about is that Burt Reynolds didn't like Boogie Nights, and I think when he made Boogie Nights, he was like. I think that's I, weird. I don't know what the fuck's going how on. How do you not like... How, like, how do you not know you're like, in Did he read the script? He didn't like the script? Or I think did he, he see the movie and didn't like the movie? I think he didn't realise it was... From what I understand, and this is purely having read some interviews and, you know, piecing things together, so I could be wrong, but from what I understand, I think he didn't realise it was going to be such a long, big thing, and he didn't like this young guy. He was like, he's this fucking young guy who thinks he knows what he's doing, this right. genius. And... Uh, and I think he thought, fuck, I'm in this stupid porn film thing. This is, you know, it was supposed to be my comeback. I was starting to do well. And now I fucked it up. I'm doing this stupid thing about porn. And I can see how you would. And everyone else, I think, was very that. respectful and kind of excited. And I think he was a bit like an alpha on set and was just difficult. Right. Like, what the fuck do you know to this kid, the director? But I don't know if he liked it in the end. I, that's like my thing, came out. how you could not like it. Oh, yeah, years. it's amazing. And that's another one. And also, shot. he's really good in it. It's like, uh, that always upsets me, that stuff where I go, Oh, yeah. You come out of this well. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He, he you, had your you back. You look so good in this. The movie's so good. You're still going to say you don't yeah, like yeah. it. It's like a slap in the face. Because Mark Wahlberg designs it as well. Does he? Yeah. I mean, it's the No, worst. that's what made Mark Wahlberg, I isn't know. it? He's like, I think to. I think it's to do with religious reasons. He's like, okay, well, a that religious makes, that, man is that like, I don't sense. want my children to see this. But I'm like, you thought taking but that dick out at the end of the movie was yeah. <laughs> you? You were fine then with that? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but it's that's a it's a fucking great film. That's I, that would I can't. That's part of the feeling lucky when you get when you get yeah. these jobs and you get the job and you're like, how can you be a dick about it because. The odds, you, the odds were not in your favor to get this job yeah. in the first place, and now you've got it. And so that's my thing. I couldn't ever do a movie like Boogie Nights, and then even if I, my religious beliefs change yeah. 15 years later, I'm still going to be like, no, that's one of the greatest movies I've ever done. Yeah. And and it's what jump-started my actual career. He was the elf of Boogie Nights, remember? Before it came out, <laughs> everyone was like, what's fucking Marky Mark doing this yeah. film? Yeah. And then we were like, oh, he's really good. And now he's an absolute superstar. And now he gets up at two in the morning to work out and have chicken. He doesn't sleep. The man doesn't sleep. Yeah. He's a very two, busy boy. <laughs> I pray for an hour. I work out for eight hours. Have some chicken. Stay, <laughs> have two minutes face-to-face time with my kids. Take a two-minute nap. <laughs> and I get right back in the gym. That's too much. That's too much working out. It is. I work out once a day. That's too much. <laughs> that's your... Working out for that many hours a day. Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. So, Matt Shively, you have been an excellent guest. You've been an absolute joy. Thank I'm you. I'm very grateful for you doing this. Now, when you got a pr- sadly prank phone call yeah. that the world was going to end that you believed, and it was just your mate doing a funny <laughs> voice that you didn't recognize, you were distracted at times. You probably should have recognized his voice, but you were distracted. Yeah, no. And you thought, well, we I died tomorrow. So you rushed over to the Brazilian barbecue. You kept your green card right up. You didn't mm-hmm. turn it to red. You put, put sausages in without even biting them. Feet of sausages. Feet of sausages. You had steak. You had ribs, bones and all. You had <laughs> you, you had uh, chicken, whole chicken. It wasn't even cooked. Didn't chew. I didn't chew any Didn't of chew. 
and you died on in your in your seat and and as requested because I do listen I rushed I heard on Twitter most likely dead eating himself to death I rushed over with a blowtorch I was like he doesn't want to be buried <laughs> light him up light him up and I grabbed went to Elon Musk has could I get one of them party party flamethrowers grabbed it ran into the restaurant <laughs> burned you to death but because you had so much meat in you you sort of exploded all over the fucking restaurant we had to scrape bits of you off the wall we had to and I know you didn't want to be buried but there were bits of you and there was bits of bones where I was like I don't know if this is meat rib or his rib someone's ribs anyway we collected all that I could and I put it in a coffin I said let's not put this in the ground because he's going to get sad about that we'll burn this later but for now we'll put you in the coffin well there was there was a lot more of you than was expected because you'd eaten five times your own weight right Stuffed it in the coffin. And unfortunately, there's no room in there. There's only enough room for one DVD. You can take that DVD to the other side. And on the other side, there's movie night every night. And one night, it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show everyone in heaven? What a story. (laughs) It's actually, I hadn't thought about it, but it's ironic that this is the movie I've chosen Mm -hmm. based on how I died. Yeah. Um, Into the Wild. Oh, wow. I would take Wow. No one saw that covered. Well, because that's, it's tough because that's also, it's one of those where like now I would say is one of, one of, if not my favorite film, like, wow, because it's beautiful. I, I, when I saw it for the first time, I was, I had just moved out to LA and I was very alone and didn't really have anybody. And I saw this movie and I, in a weird way, felt very in tune with it because I was by myself, yeah. but I was in the opposite. Instead of being out in the middle of nowhere, I was stuck in the center of like hell, essentially, yeah. you know, and, and, uh, and the music in that movie, the, the soundtrack, Eddie Vedder, like it's just gorgeous from beginning to end. Emil Hirsch is like mm-hmm. ridiculous. He's another one where, you know, he did a girl next door and that was fantastic. But oh, yeah, into the yeah, wild, yeah. I think as a whole, as a movie, as a whole, is one of the, I, I could watch it whenever and it's just as beautiful at the same time. Like, and mm. it's, that's the type of movie I would, I would want to do. That's like, that would be the goal is to do a film. That's like a real character study and something that like, I, I also never wanted to be in the wilderness. And then yeah. I saw that and I was like, wow, this looks like the most freeing thing you could possibly do. And so that was uh yeah. Into the wild, I think would be, I mean, a, a real surprise twist at the end. <laughs> Literally, no. Go well, from talking about bad boys yeah. so much to saying no into the wild is uh, into the wild was going to pop up. Yeah, uh, Matt Shively, you've been excellent. Is there anything you would like to tell us before you go? Perhaps you'd like to mention your new show because I don't know when this episode will go out, and your your show might be on air. I, you know what? If it's on the air, that's great. We haven't even started filming it. It's yeah. called uh, Besties. It'll be on Freeform. Uh, I think it'll also have a different title by that point. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I, you know, live, live long and prosper and all that stuff. Live long and prosper and yeah. all that and stuff. And I'm sorry if I offended you with um, horror films not holding up. 70s horror. I mean, listen, I forgive you because... Some of them do, but, yeah. <laughs> but most of them don't. <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you did really, really excellent. I'm very grateful for your time. Have a wonderful time in heaven. And everyone's very surprised to see you into the mm-hmm. world, but they're going to have a lovely time. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. Good night. So that was episode 68. 
Head over to patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 15 minutes of chat with Matthew Shively. Go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and write about the film that means the most to you and why. If you have a look on the reviews, people have been leaving their own stories there. Some of them are so moving. Some of them are really funny. They're all interesting. I say get amongst it. It's brilliant. And the more you do it, the more it helps. Numbers means more people can listen. I can keep buying more in craft beer. We can all be very happy together and do this until we die. Thank you so much to Matt for doing the show and for being so brilliant. Thanks to Scroobius Pip, the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it, to Acast for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics, Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come join me next week where my incredible special guest is Edinburgh Award winner Jordan Brooks. It's a very special episode. You do not want to miss it. It will be cracking. So that is it for now. In the meantime, I hope you have a lovely week and please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind. Sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more. Online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.